Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am your host, Kyle, and we've got a fantastic show for you today. Over here to my left, who do we have? Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here, center of the United States here. I'm David Heaney. I'm here from Northern Ireland. Okay, I'm just going to jump in. First piece of news here. Let's see. G, A, B sharp, E, B flat. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry. Wrong notes. Wrong notes. See, that was dad joke. Number one for you guys. No, no. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Unless you have been living under a virtual rock, you may have heard that Mark Zuckerberg announced during connect this year that Facebook has changed their name to meta. There it is. Meta. Now, before we get started, I know we're going to talk about meta quite a bit. There's plenty to talk about, but I want to bring up first before we talk about anything else, meta that logo. Now, I have seen on social media, I'm not taking credit for this, that somebody has described that as a Pringle. And I went and looked it up. A Pringle is a hyperbolic paraboloid. And I believe that is a hyperbolic paraboloid. What's, what's the a shape that they that Tony Stark uses in Infinity War to solve oh, in a game uh, for, for time travel? I don't remember. Looks like that. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So are, are we comparing Mark Zuckerberg to Tony Stark? I, you know, he, what Elon Musk always gets compared to that, I think. And I'm curious what he would want to be compared to up on the big screen. I wouldn't think it would be the social network version of him. Yeah. Wow. Let's get, how meta can we get? Can we get super meta with this? I, I, I think we can. I think we can. So what? Okay. First of all, Ian, congratulations. You called it. Uh, you, in your editorial, your masterfully written editorial, you did. You you called I, it as meta. I was informed. I was informed by uh, suggestions from Heaney. You know, we <clears throat> Heaney and I are always going back and forth with our discussions all, all the time on various things. And there's this obviously very obvious clue of the Chan uh, Zuckerberg initiative being meta.org and then meta.com redirecting to meta.org. It's just the breadcrumbs are there. But I think we're in the er early moments still of trying to understand how significant a change this is for Mark Zuckerberg's efforts to lead computing's next day. It, it really is about being in the Internet instead of being on the Internet. That's a great way of putting it. That's one of Zuckerberg's quotes that he's alluding to. I saw a supercut of all the times he says the word experiences in the show, and it's upsetting to see that number of times that word but you described <laughs> it so well in the internet versus on the internet is such a great way of putting it but i wonder like i i really wonder how ready he is to shed what the classic things that facebook does as they pursue this new thing i, I really wonder if you'll have this new meta account and be able to link up all these old devices one or old all these old accounts one at a time i'm seeing some really great questions and comments here i wanted Should to I talk to Vexner, who donated five dollars just as we were in the intro there, and uh, oh wow, thank Thanks. you for that. And asked Thanks. with Vario releasing Arrow and Pimax following next year, what is a realistic timeline for human resolution and field of view at consumer price? Your best informed guesses. If I'm, if you want my best informed guess on that, what I would say is we we will have to see something that dynamically gives you the high resolution for where you're looking at and i don't just mean on a software level for rendering like foveated rendering we'll need to see a display that can actually give dynamic resolution and so we see that in 
uh, Vario's high-end products, except instead of being dynamic, it's just a static area in the very center of your screen that is at human eye resolution. But what Vario have talked about for years is a display that would basically use micro mirrors to steer that high resolution area to where you're looking. How far away is that at consumer price? Probably not any time in the next three years, but probably not as long as 10 years. Yeah, the question there, uh, wired device versus a standalone are completely different things. And uh, really, it's hard to gauge the amount of investment we'll see in each category over the next a couple of years. We know Facebook is going to invest so heavily. Meta is going to invest so heavily in the standalone form factor. We want to see what Valve and others do in that same category. But like, how much of an investment are we going to see in wired devices in the next five years is like really hard to gauge relative to standalone and doing everything you just yeah everything that's outlined in that at uh standalone is going to be on a different time scale than potentially than when you've got unlimited power coming into your headset yeah it'll be interesting to see how neural rendering it kind of changes that where we've seen on, on PC, your NVIDIA card or even your AMD card now can do neural network-based upscaling. Could you see something that did that at the very area you're looking at to try and achieve human eye resolution in a standalone headset? Maybe. It'll depend on what kind of capabilities for neural network acceleration are in Qualcomm future chips and how companies like Meta are able to leverage that. I see that we have another, what are we calling these, like donations, whatever. Melanie Green, thank you very much. Fantastic. We appreciate your patronage. Horizon Marketplace is a natural thing, but how different will that function from the existing marketplace that the Facebook app has inside of it for buying and selling physical items? There's going to be a digital version of that, but how long does it take to get up and running? And how different is it to buy the physical items from digital items? It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Another piece of that is during Connect, they talked about NFTs, which was something that we hadn't heard Mark Zuckerberg talk about yet in terms of metaverse and all. The one I was thinking about, I was walking around like the farmer's market here locally. And it'd be nice to have spaces like designated in parks or public, really public spaces where you could have uh, virtual pets run around with other virtual pets. Like you can choose to share, like, I, I remember how big, I, I come from this generation of, uh, was it Gigapets? Was that what they, or Neopets? <laughs> Tamagotchi. what those things were called. Yes, to, yes. About, yeah. But like, that was so big back when I was a kid. And like having that, we're so close to it with Pokemon Go, but it's still not quite there. And no. as soon as you can have this pet go around with you with glasses, it's going to be something that will opt in be a feature that will actually drive usage for like consumer glasses but until we have that must have use case we're we're also still talking about theoretical hardware that's years away for ar devices near term we're talking vr devices it's completely different use cases from like the things that meta might want to do long term versus what VR is good for and what their next device is going to be good for. And one of the things that I think about when I look at all of this stuff is it's no longer a question of if. It's a question of when will they get to this? When will I be able to take my virtual doge dog to the park? When will I be able to have my gigapet, my metapet? Oh, gosh. Oh, oh no. Why, did you, Why did you actually named it? 
You named oh, it live no. on the show. Meta pets. No. Hey, uh, just give me free headsets for the rest of my life, and I'll <laughs> give you that name, Mark. Yes. Oh no. Just free headsets for life for my whole team and me and my Metapets is Metapets.com registered. Did someone check I don't know. That? Some, somebody go out and, and to GoDaddy or whatever and, and, and get Metapets.com if it's not already out there. Give me credit. Just put a picture of my avatar going like this. Yeah. <laughs> Down the corner. Oh, no. All right. So back to seriousness. Valdarg has asked, how do you two see Meta Horizon fitting among decentralized metaverse projects? When everything's considered just a node of the blockchain, companies are not excluded from being a node. Man, a lot of, I, a lot of dense subjects being covered with those questions that, that, that are hard to parse out. But like, yeah. interesting to think about the identity of a company and recognizing it as uh, equivalent of a human being or giving it like the same voice or free speech protections that an individual has. All those questions come up when we talk about this organization and how influential it is. Uh, Keith Batter said, this is like AOL back in the late 90s with its walled garden internet experience. I think that's a really interesting idea because Facebook could end up building something here that ends up, because it's not open and because it's designed to be so controlled by one company, even though there is a lot of talk about this idea of interoperability, but with no real concrete details of what that actually means, could it build something that ends up being a very short-lived walled garden that is eventually overtaken by some sort of open system? Perhaps, as some of the commenters have suggested, a, a blockchain-based system. That's a big possibility. And it, it's almost as if Facebook does sorry, if Meta designs something that is too open, then it loses the competitive advantages and the kind of business case that it wants to build there but if it builds something that's too closed then it may not be able to bring in enough users and bring in enough creators and it may not be able to compete with open systems that allow people to do so much more the question is whether like they whether we really have meetings between these ceos and they hammer out with their product leads actual interoperable standard that was referred to in the original snow crash book what I hear here, what I hear from you, is that the metaverse is like Shrek. Shrek has layers. Metaverse has layers. I like that. I'm good with that. The metaverse equals Shrek. See, that's got meme written all over it right there. I like Onikazi's comment here. The metaverse is already here. It's called the web. The browser just isn't built yet that will allow that will double as a launcher for more specific experiences. And that's an idea that many people have brought up recently. And it's it's one of the big underlying questions in Meta's entire vision. The question of, are they trying to build something that will naturally evolve from the web itself? Will WebXR and the other tools for building uh, 3D interactive experiences through the web be the metaverse eventually? Will we see content on the web that exists, the, the trillions of pieces of information that exist on the web simply evolve to become something that is spatial as the software behind mixed reality and virtual reality headsets takes advantage of that? Or does it have to be this entirely separate thing that is closed off from the web itself, which as Onikazi points out, is arguably already in a sense a, a metaverse that we all already live and interact in. Vexner three fifteen dollar donation. Thank you very much. Is is there some sort of like contest to see who can make the biggest donation today? Yeah, wow, right. that's a that's, is that, thank is that you what's so happening? Much. Thank you, thank you very much. But let's address what you've asked here. So Facebook 
push hard to transition society into a digital economy with the blurring line between public and private spaces. Censorship will only increase bifurcating society even more, especially with political alignment. That's one way to look at it, that you're, you you could be right, you could be wrong. It is a legitimate question to ask, one that we do not have the mm. uh, capabilities of answering. If you ask my opinion, the there used to be a lot of gray area in the world and people have decided to choose sides on a lot of things more recently than not. In my house, we call it the great amplification. It gets everybody all riled up about a specific topic. And I think that happens a lot, but I don't want to get too political here. Heaney, you have a point? Yeah, I just think that the big open question here really is where that line is between a public and a private space. I think we all agree that if you're in a, a virtual living room with one other person, that's a private space. And if you're at a virtual festival with in some future platform with 10,000 people, that's a public space. But where is the line drawn? If you're in a, a meta group in five years time and you're meeting up and there's eight of you, is that a private space because you don't know the, or because you're with a small amount of people? Or is it a public space because you're not meeting up with friends, you're meeting up with people around an interest? Where exactly does the line get drawn where privacy should be focused for private spaces where there shouldn't be an ability to record and port people who are breaking rules or doing things inappropriate? Or where do we get to the point where that is important? And I think that's one of the real open questions that needs to be asked about this technology going forward. Because if Meta wants to replicate these kind of real world meeting spaces where there is an expectation of privacy, then they need to be able to carry that over. Because if people think that they're being recorded or that there's a chance that someone else in the room will publish everything they've just said uh, publicly, they're not going to express themselves in the same way and they're not going to be able to act as meeting spaces in the same way that real life spaces do. It's super deep to know that during a VR related podcast, we're talking about the differences between the definition of public versus private. That, that just, it really has always been an underlying theme and uh, Heaney, I think you said it. I, I who uh, that's deep for uh, a news download episode, but yeah, it's <laughs> maybe we'll, opposite. we'll jump yeah, in the, and have that conversation some other time. Yeah, and well, Mark Zuckerberg is like uh, he's out there. I think he described it as like the white light on the AR glasses being even something that cell phones don't do. Like a, like it's a privacy feature that cell phones by default don't have even though you've got this very direct motion most of the time when you're properly using a phone for capture yeah. you're directing to everyone else that you're using a phone to capture media that's not the same as glasses with a little light on them necessarily i really want someone to ask balls that because every time balls is asked about this light question he keeps saying cell phones don't do it and as you say has balls ever recorded something with a cell phone? Like it's so obvious if someone's recording you with a cell phone, unless they're going through extreme measures to try and, and and make it not seem so. But even then, there's a giant lens in the back of the thing. It can't see you if it's pointed down. If someone is pointing it up in your direction, you can pretty much assume that they're going to be recording a photo. Whereas in a, on a bright day, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, how easy is it to even see that little white light on a Ray-Ban? No, even internally, there's an internal light as well that can be hard to to see from time to time. And it's literally like sitting next to my eye. So in certain lighting conditions, it can be kind of a, 
an issue, yeah. So, Vexner, don't say sorry. It was a legit good question. It's just a really difficult one to tackle in the little nugget-sized news show that we have here. We will talk about this internally. Maybe we'll have a whole series, like a limited series, like CNN does and stuff. A limited series where we only talk about the ethics of VR. I can only imagine no. that Ian and I could have some conversation. <laughs> this shift from Facebook to Meta might be Mark Zuckerberg and Andrew Bosworth realizing that needs <clears throat> to be more hands off with more things. And that's, I think, what this layer shift is really about for them at the end of the day. Like, you, you can't have necessarily this, you can't apply the same principles to everyday conversations in these public private spaces that you do versus a flat internet where someone left a nasty comment and then five hours later, someone else came and saw the nasty comment, left their own nasty comment. And they're having like a feud four years later in this one thread on Facebook. Like, that's a completely different thing than the real-time arguments and fights that are going to happen in the meta layer that's everywhere we go. I really wonder to what extent this change was planned in advance. And a few years ago, if you said the word metaverse, only a couple of nerds like us would have any idea what you're talking about. But in the past year, even in the past six months, it seems like there was this overall hype in the tech community in the investment community about this free as metaverse that almost seemed to come out of nowhere uh, comments to some interviews saying oh we want to be a metaverse company and the the metaverse is something we want to build and this entire hype cycle started to be generated around it to the point where other companies were saying oh we're we'll have a metaverse and this is our metaverse and investors were saying where can i put my money into invest in a metaverse and then just as that hype cycle gets right to the peak Facebook comes out and said, says, we're now meta. And I really, I remember at the start of the podcast here, you were saying, is, is Mark Zuckerberg a, a Tony Stark type character? And I, I've always thought of Zuckerberg as less of a technical person, though I, I'm sure he does know his, his stuff when it comes to technology, but as more of a, a just ruthless and effective businessman. And if you look at his moves ever since he founded Facebook, that's all I see is just a, a businessman who continuously makes ruthless and smart moves to try and grow his company as much as possible so i really wonder how much of that hype cycle and this name change was planned and intentional by zuckerberg himself i i picture this christmas grandma walking in to get a gift for her grandchild and goes yes i'll have one metaverse please you know that's not going to happen at least not yet but interesting you talk about the metaverse and how there might be multiple metaverses because everybody's going to build their own you know metaverse became a super buzzword a little while back and as an experiment i went on twitter and i wrote metaverse 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 and just every word in the sentence was metaverse and then hashtag metaverse all of a sudden i had all these bots very obviously they were bots start following me and then i put meta hashtag metaverse in my twitter bio and again a whole bunch of people came and started following me and i'm like uh -oh. i don't want that you i don't bot want farm? that yeah i don't yeah just so if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking about Facebook changing their name to Meta. I, I think that was the topic. Probably <laughs> We've gone not. off off the rails a bit here. Do we do we want to keep waxing Meta no, or do I'm we done. want to talk about what it meant anymore? Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next piece of news as I scrunch down here and try to read the next piece of news here. Uh, let's see. New high-end headset codenamed Cambria launching next year after months of rumors of a quest pro 
Meta announced a new high-end standalone VR headset codenamed Project Cambria launch in 2022. That is next year sometime. Now, Cambria is a, a town or a village or something in California, I believe, uh, to continue on with the naming, the nomenclature of all the different projects and stuff of all the headsets, as Heaney alluded to a few episodes ago, all, all of the different internal names for the headsets have all been California things. Project Cambria is basically what we've been trying to claim is this Quest Pro, but it's not. Yeah, so I just just to be clear on what this product is, this is, Zuckerberg has said, is not the next Quest. This is not Quest 3. This does not replace Quest 2. It is a actually new product line that Facebook is launching as that will be a higher-end product at a higher end price point. Those are Zuckerberg's word. So we don't know what that means in terms of a higher end price point. It could, when he says that, given the Quest is $300 for the 128 gigabyte model and 400 for the higher storage, we could be looking at something like $600 or we could be looking at something like $1,000 or beyond. We don't know yet. What we do know, it will have color pass through. It will use eye and face tracking to drive avatars in social VR. And it uses these pancake lenses to achieve what you can see here is a much smaller form factor than any other Oculus headset to date. And, and based on how this is being talked about, this will be Meta's or Facebook at the time first high-end headset since the Rift CV1 in 2016, the first Oculus, the original consumer Oculus Rift, because the Oculus Go was a budget headset, the Quest was a step down from the Rift in some specs like refresh rate. Quest 2, we know, was designed with cheaper materials and LCD screens to hit a price point of $300. And now we have this Cambria headset announced that is specifically a high-end product at a higher price point. So I do want to say here, uh, Norman Robinson, thank you for your donation of $5. I appreciate that. Before you made that donation, I had seen your, I was waiting for Heaney to finish. I was going to address your comment anyway, but thank you. Is the Lynx R1 today as a tangible hardware purchase for the metaverse, the equivalent to the promise of Project Cambria tomorrow? I was actually just going to make that comment. Then you made yours and then you made it again with a donation. So fantastic. We're, we're simpatico today. No, Norman makes a good point. A lot of the features that were announced as being the selling points for this Cambria headset are things that the Lynx R1 is also touting. So high quality pass-through video, AR capabilities, and there's other things as well. But if both of those things come out, obviously the Lynx R1 is $499, depending on what country you're in and what kind of tax nonsense you have to deal with. Is it possible that this can come out under $499 and offer more features than the Lynx R1? And if so, what does that mean for the Lynx as a viable metaverse headset? I don't think so. As you say, the Lynx R1, which is on Kickstarter, it has the, the small form factor of this headset. It has the high resolution color pass through. What it doesn't have is the eye tracking and face tracking. And it's, what's actually interesting is that Lynx originally was supposed to have eye tracking, but when it was announced with eye tracking, the price point was around $1,500 that they were targeting. And one of the key changes that they made to do their, their reorientation to sell to consumers at that $499 price point was to take out eye tracking. So based on how Zuckerberg's described this as saying it's going to be in the higher range of the, of the price, based on the fact that John Carmack, the consulting CTO, 
said during his uh, keynote, t- sorry, during his talk that pancake lenses are significantly more expensive than the lenses seen in Quest 2. I do not think we will see this at, at below $500. I think this, my, my educated guess is that this headset is going to land somewhere between $600 and $1,000. And so Lynx is safe because it's still going to offer a high resolution color pass through mixed reality experience for a lower price than what Facebook is offering. The nice thing about this is that Lynx actually benefits from this headset in terms of this headset being the the premium deluxe version of the color pass through, the better lenses, the AR, VR, all the features. But maybe people don't want their facial features like in Ready Player One when yeah. when he goes to visit Sorrento. Can I turn off my emotion thing and turn off the eye tracking and face tracking so you can't see me emote? Do, do you think it ever do you think Andrew Bosworth ever entertained the idea of dressing up as Nolan Sorrento for Halloween? Hmm. I'm sure he would if anyone took a photo of it it would be in every tech media website for the next three weeks so I'm sure he probably if he did he would do it in a private space not a public space (laughs) good point (laughs) yes oh fantastic that's great yeah yeah Yeah. but but that that sounds like a good photoshop challenge is to put Boz in the Sorrento seat and have him sitting there with his password being like right on the side (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So this headset, I agree with you, Heaney. I think Cambria, whatever it ends up evolving into its commercial name or whatever, I I do believe that this is going to be in the higher $699, I think is a minimum price. It's not going to be for everyday consumers. It's going to be for those bleeding edge, high-end folks who really want the goods so this is the uh, the x1 boot suit God, a lot of ready player one references today maybe they should have changed their name to oasis instead of meta i don't know someone yeah, i was wondering if someone's gonna try now they've got these different versions the thing i want to notice on this headset is it's got the back portion we do see the back portion uh, sort of image and that's it looks like it's got some bulk it doesn't seem like that's not a device you're going to use in passive viewing it's not going to be like a $200. There's no version of this device that is a media viewing device. This is purpose-built for, yeah. I think, getting you through your workday as long as they can manage it. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the back, based on the design and what we see in the video when it zooms around the front and just how thin that is, I think it's safe to say the back has either the battery and the computing hardware or both. And that's what we see in uh, Lynx. It has the battery in the rear in Vive Focus 3, the batteries in the rear. And it's all about just creating that more balanced weight distribution so that it's overall more comfortable. But as you say, Ian, there's a massive trade-off there, which is that you can no longer lie back in a seat and watch something and you can no longer lay in bed and watch it. Those kind of passive media experiences can only be gotten from a headset that has a basic strap on the back like the Quest 2 has by default. I'm not worried about that because I know some third-party person will design in VR cover or whoever, if you're listening, make a pillow that attaches to the back of the head. (laughs) I want to make a comment about these lenses. I don't know why they call them pancake lenses when they clearly are macarons, the cookies. Yes, I tweeted about that the other day. 
Yes, seriously, don't they look like you can call them Oreo lenses if you're if that's your preference. But those lenses, those pancake lenses, that's going to be the hot new thing because I love the fact that we're going away from Fresnel. And yes, it's pronounced Fresnel, not Fresnel. Pimax. I I I want to know. I want to know. Like this technology is a long time coming. They've talked about pancake lenses uh, as early as Connect three or four, whenever it was that they were showing off prototypes. We're getting away from the Fresnel, which means we're getting away from the God rays. And what's the likelihood that this is going to be an OLED and not an LCD in Cambria? Any thoughts on that, Heaney? That is an interesting question. Pancake lenses are also used in the Vive Flow, which we talked about on the show a few weeks ago, and you can see our impressions on YouTube. And it pairs it with small LCD displays. <clears throat> but uh, pancake lenses are also suitable to be paired with small OLED displays or even OLED micro displays. Now, an OLED micro display would give them the ability to make the headset even more compact and even more lightweight at the front, but it would significantly drive up the cost. So it's really a question of where is this headset going to sit in price point? Just how higher end priced is this? What is Zuckerberg really talking about here? And I still really think we're going to see something that does push for the highest end because it is being pitched as this kind of separate product line to Quest. So I think it's fairly likely we could see OLED micro displays if this is a product designed to be the best that they can build rather than just for uh, price. But just to pick up on a few of the comments here, people are saying talking about the field of view. And as you say, Kyle, pancake lenses don't really suffer from the same god rays as Fresnels, they can have a bit of an issue with external light coming in, being reflected from your room if you've got bright lights and, and your facial interface doesn't fully cover them. But as, as long as you don't have a big enough nose gap, that's solvable. But the problem is, it is very difficult to get pancake lenses to even have the same field of view as Fresnels, never mind larger, which some people want. So mm. we don't know anything yet about Project Cambria's field of view, but just based on looking at it there and knowing that it does use pancakes, it's fairly unlikely that we're going to see something that has a wider field of view than Quest 2, or if it does, not by a huge amount. So this is it gets into this problem where building a more compact and comfortable headset is an enemy of the goal of building a wider field of view headset. And how Facebook balances that, or sorry, how Meta balances that and how other companies balance that is usually through product lines. But if this is going to be the high-end product, then it seems like people looking for a wider field of view are going to be waiting quite a long time from yeah, Meta, so at least. Com one of the, I'm remembering one of the comments that Carmack made about a Facebook basically are getting to make one bet a year. Like that's what's in there. That's what they can do as a company. What makes most sense is to, to prep one, one effort. And they had this weird situation where they were able to follow up with the Quest 2 so quickly behind one. But like th this next headset, which uh, we understand is it's going to be next year, Heaney. Yeah, it's the, it, they announced it that it is launching in 2022. Yeah, so they've got this effort to do the high end, and I but I still wonder whether you you put the price at where it is, Heaney. Like I still get that they might do at a loss or at cost, but I still feel like when we're talking about all day computing. I'm thinking of multi thousands. I'm talking like fifteen mm. to a two thousand or two thousand to three thousand for a laptop computer replacement. If that's what they're really trying to do, and I think it's so I interesting. Carmack's comments. 
No, I think it's a Carmack's comment saying the face tracking and the eye tracking aren't actually essential to the experience. Like they're, it's a great device. Like VR is what they should be focusing on making it lighter, cheaper, faster again. And that should be the next steps for meta. I don't understand how the face tracking, the eye tracking actually make the experience tons better yet because we haven't actually seen how those avatars look driven by them, how much it adds to our experience. Yeah, but I think it's a safe bet to say that if you can really see where someone's eye is pointing, that's going to make a pretty significant difference. Even the eye tracking alone with the face tracking. Because now, if anyone's not aware, we don't have eye tracking in this headset. When you see our eyes move, that's just simulated. But if I was to look at you uh, or to look at the pad there or look at the screen, those are subtle differences that really matter to the social experiences. And it's one of the things that is really missing right now. So I I get that Carmack isn't as focused on that sort of thing. And he just wants to focus on the core of the experience and make it better. But for any social application whatsoever, and even multiplayer games where you're standing right there beside your friends, wouldn't you want to see when they're in shock or when they're laughing or when they're opening their mouth at something or uh, smiling or looking at something in your hand versus look, just looking at your face? I, I think those are very important and can really enhance the experience because in many ways the magic of VR is in that social multiplayer experience. And you can play a lot of single player games and never really get the magic of VR until you get in there and see what it's like to feel like you're really next to your friend playing a game rather than just disconnected and only on audio with them. I've been watching this video over and over again as we've been sitting here conversing. And I have two things that I've noticed that, that are interesting about this video. Number one is when they show the hand, notice how much longer the arm is, the wrist. There's more wrist in the hand right there see and so the other thing i've noticed is this date twelve eighteen. does that mean something is that an easter egg how old is this video that is, that's a good question it could only mean december 18th maybe it's some sort of tease on december 18th or it could just be a random date that doesn't mean anything gonna, that's, that's a good question uh-oh uh-oh you started the speculation a- train Kyle's already named worms. what Meta Pets, and now he's he set yeah. the release date for uh, what f- f- six days 12, before 18? Christmas. Oh no, that would be tough, man. That, that'd be a, that'd be a really stupid thing to do. Honestly, by twelve eighteen, if you don't have all your Christmas shopping done, you in trouble anyway. Okay, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, there, there's just a lot, a lot of speculation, a lot of what ifs, a lot of things that we can have opinions on that we could be completely wrong oh. on. Did we did we talk about the controllers yet? I think we got to talk about the controllers and the significance of them. Yeah, so a little bit. like in all the leaks so far, we've heard that these controllers will ditch the tracking rings, as you can see in this video, and that they will track themselves using cameras on board. And Facebook, sorry, Meta didn't say anything about these controllers. We just saw them in the video. But by the looks of it, these are those same controllers from the leaks. And that'll allow you to do much finer two-handed interactions without bumping the tracking rings into each other. And I'm sure that'll start to be useful in creative apps where you're maybe drawing or manipulating CAD models that are have very, very, very close joints. I'm sure in games where you're interacting with lots of small objects on a table, piecing the parts of a machinery together. It's just one of those things where that tracking ring being a big reminder that you're not actually having your hands in a real experience. It's a controller disappear i've been wondering why they got rid of the ring and have the controllers track themselves in relation to where they are to your head and all of that plenty of stuff to talk about with cambria we'll be looking at that 
further on as we get more information. I, I do want to ask, there was the the Furby autopsy unwrapping of the texture inside somewhere that somebody found. That texture for this headset, apparently, supposedly. Why so soon that's in the firmware and in the software if we still have another six plus months until we get this headset, presumably? Well, well, because it's running on the same operating system and they're they're obviously going to, going to be testing it internally. They're probably giving it out to developers. <clears throat> Actually, they, they did mention at, at the Connect keynote that they are giving this thing out to select developers to build applications for. So it has to have an operating system. And rather than the complexity of trying to have two entirely separate builds and keep everything secret, at this point, I don't think Meta particularly cares about keeping it secret because... As we've mentioned before, it's not a direct competitor to Quest 2. It's not a replacement for Quest 2. It's an entirely separate product line. And just to almost build on that, RG asked in the comments, why did we see the tutorial videos for this thing leak a few weeks ago if it was cancelled, I think was RG's words there. And it, it comes back to the same point. They're building a product. They have to build the tutorial experiences. They have to put the models for it inside the OS firmware. It's sitting there dormant, ready to go. There's no real onus on them to bother to hide it, is, is all I would say. I think about them doing like a leak leak battle with Apple or, or any other company that wants to do this. Like They don't need to give all the details right at, at the front. They can at least let people know it's coming and... I don't know if Apple ever gets its price point out there. It says we've got dev kits coming for our platform. That you know is when we might actually get some more details from Facebook's front. Well, Meta's I, front. I, I'm, like, I'm stealing. I'm stealing this joke from someone else. Uh, uh, but maybe it's Meta Musil for regular updates that we have to wait for. Meta Musil. No. Thanks to whoever came up with that. That was funny. Saw that on Facebook. Uh, RG asks, I'm saying, wasn't that intended for the conference? No, no I don't think that was a, a video that was intended for a presentation. That is the actual tutorial video that you would see inside the headset. And the reason I'm saying that is because it has the exact same styling and animation uh, characters as the Quest 2 tutorial when you're in the headset. When you're setting up some of the features in Quest 2, you'll see that exact same type of UI. Whether it be on the app, the Oculus app that is being renamed to MetaQuest or whatever, or Horizon inside Home. the headset. It's probably Horizon Home tutorial Ooh. video, probably, Ooh. right? Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's a tutorial video that you'll see. Segway. I'm going to switch over to our next piece of news for timeliness purposes. The next piece of news here. Horizon Home replaces Quest Home, adding special integration and parties. Announced at Connect this past week, Horizon Home will replace Oculus Home on the Oculus Quest platform it says oculus a lot here uh, that's sad bringing new social integration with multiple users so we're switching to first of all at rest in in meta pieces oculus that's sad but uh home is being horizoned or sunset over the horizon can't you bring people into your oculus home yeah already? so that's the big feature it's, it's, it's of course like the cornerstone feature of what we wanted out of vr headsets from the start is the ability to have people come and watch things with you or, or spend time with you. But to the outset of this, we don't have the details on who, what, how this is going to work, what what contracts and partnerships have been ironed out to actually have content for you to look at in this uh, new 
system. And I this is why I go back to the issue of Facebook needing to go more hands-off, that the, this evolution from Facebook to Meta is about trying to be less involved. Is there a peer-to-peer system for sharing content so that the, the action of holding a phone up to a friend so that you guys can both watch this 2D video playing on the phone in your hand, like why can't we do that in virtual reality? And will it only work with companies that have content partnerships with a given metaverse provider? You sparked an interesting thing here. When I set up a Minecraft server for my children here in the home, and they're all on different computers in different rooms in the home, I turn off in the server properties. I say online equals false. And it's just in my internal home. There's no connection to the outside world. Will there be an option for me to have my children or, or other people in my immediate circle come into my horizon, horizon home without having to be connected to the rest of the metaverse? That, mm. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I think from the looks of it, this is going to be a, a software update to home itself. So while it's using the Horizon brand, it doesn't look like you'll need to be using Horizon Worlds to use it. From Just from this trailer so far, and again, as Ian says, we haven't actually got any concrete details yet. It looks like the type of videos that you'd be able to watch with people are just Facebook watch videos and 360 videos and that kind of content. No long form Netflix or Disney Plus or anything like that. Again, I'm just going based on, on the trailer above. This really has been something that has been a long time coming. The Quest has a party system that works similar to Xbox Live or PlayStation parties where you hear people in a persistent audio call, but it's just never made sense to me why when no one is in an app, why can't you see each other as avatars? Because you're all sitting there on an audio call in separate homes in virtual reality from a company that talks about how its mission and goal in the world so, is to connect so people again, and have like, everything be social. So it's, Valdar it's interesting is, to think of like different levels of invitation. Like I think there's different levels of like how much I want to let someone invade my private life to ask me to do something with them. There's like a phone call. There's a knock on the door. There's like, I want to give someone knock access to be able to really ring my VR headset and let me know they want to play something. Well, Valdarg is asking an interesting question that goes along with this. Do we predict an identification system being used across all meta products? Horizons having access to your personal info is different to anonymity of, say, VR chat. The question is really, will there be a unified, let's get rid of all these spread across all the metaverse standards and come up with one standard to rule them all. I, I, if there is, should there also be a way to have an anonymous one? Ian, you boldly asked Boz about, will I be able to not log in using my Facebook stuff? And he's, yep, real simple. Yes, yes, that's correct. If that's the case, will people have multiple logins that they use? One is anonymous and one is legit me and has all my personal info. I mean, that's what, yeah, so your, yeah, your Facebook is your legit real name. But yeah. I think there's some, there's, there is a 180 here and I got to get, I, I've going to, sooner or later, we got to find out how, how those internal discussions went at Facebook coming around on the original question of requiring your Facebook account. Because like I, I talked about this in a recent discussion here in this studio, VR and AR get lumped together, but because of the private versus public use cases, <clears throat> there's dramatically different issues at play 
that that affect just everything about it. And we're just at the early stages of understanding like how disruptive it's going to be and when. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- and, this... and do we use our name? Do we use our, yeah, it said Oculus Dave. I noticed on that little invite there. <laughs> like I would, if I was in the public park and I wanted to let my pet run loose in the public park and maybe see any other pets that have been let loose. So if I want to make my meta pet public in a public park, that's when I would expect to have my nickname shown publicly as Carmack described it. And not before then, I'm just another person on the street. And but with uh, my anonymous account, I want to go to the park and have my Balrog, my virtual Balrog, come out and eat everybody else's pets. But then I can just log off and nobody knows who I am. So there's all sorts of different implications. Norman here has made another wonderful donation. Hi, thank you. He says, I'd suspect the Facebook Meta Watch, ooh, which appears to have a tracking camera bump, would likely be the replacement for your phone. I don't recall seeing a watch. I saw the... No, the- there's... So, so Bloomberg had the first images of the watch. It was found oh. recently in the Facebook View app, I believe, as like an asset. Curious. And the previous reporting was that watch will have camera devices on it, at least one, if not more. So that'll be your notification system then, I think is what well, Norman and is they, they, of course, to. question is whether is how tightly integrated it's going to be with the Quest ecosystem, because we've seen the control labs wrist-based interface and what that opens for vr could be pretty substantial but whether that's conceived as a completely different product like the portal products have been remains to be seen i'm fine with that just all of a sudden my wrist buzzes oh time to get into vr that's awesome this video is really just like the longer it plays on stevie here the more i'm triggered at that last little placard that says oculus quest 2 by facebook and there's so many things on that little screen that just don't exist anymore. And I'm just sad by that. The Oculus logo has been a perfect, I've been watching commercials on TV of the Oculus logo zooming in and there's a million people playing Billie Eilish Beat Saber or whatever. But yeah, this by Facebook, Oculus Quest 2 by Facebook. There's this, none of that is still Quest 2, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, So the the thing, I I tried to get this analogy across one of my articles, but I had to drop it, but because I couldn't quite get it across. But like by going to Meta, all the other brands that Facebook has, Instagram, WhatsApp, it very much seems like Zuckerberg has reset his board on this chess game he's playing against the Apples and the Googles of the world. And now there's a piece for Instagram, there's a piece for WhatsApp, and he can sacrifice any and all of them anytime he wants just to get the biggest slice of this filter between you and the entire world. I feel like Zuckerberg just walked up to the chessboard and saw the Oculus, the king on the other side of the table and just went and just flicked it right off the table. It's sad. It's just very sad. Okay. All right. Let's see here. We have a few more things that we want to talk about in this episode. So let's dig into this next piece of news here. Oculus store apps can soon use mixed reality, spatial anchors, and scene capture 
Coming later, developers can ship Oculus Quest apps or updates with mixed reality from the next SDK version. Spatial anchors are coming soon, and scene capture will arrive next year. Facebook, I'm sorry, Meta, calls these capabilities the Insight SDK. Heaney, have you gotten access to this? any of this new fun SDK stuff? I have not. Uh, we just wrote up the article and, and got the information for it. As people are probably aware, if you watch our show and if you keep up to date with the VR news, Quest 2 in August gave developers the option to use the pass-through API, the, the black and white view from its cameras, to, as a background for their game or on a desk so you can see your keyboard. There's other creative usages, like you can have a little portal that you hold on your controller, and through that you can see the real world. The news here is that those apps will now be allowed on App Lab and the store. So we'll start to see in the next few months apps arrive that let you, for example, if you're in a puzzle app that's in room scale, instead of having the virtual environment, you're just in your room. And the next year, what we'll see is spatial anchors so that you can place objects persistently in your room, such as having a TV, a virtual TV at the same place in your wall every single time. And the most interesting part, which you can hopefully see on screen now, is room capture. So you manually mark out your walls, your ceiling height, and your furniture. And apps can use that room model to build mixed reality experiences that allow the characters to go behind your furniture, that allow your walls to become the background into the virtual world. And in general, what we're seeing here is Quest transition from being a purely VR headset to also being a mixed reality headset. I, for one, am excited about mixed reality. I love the idea of the mixed reality. I have played, I have thousands of hours in a HoloLens recorded, and ah, there's just something about having virtual things interacting with your real world, especially when it's done well. And from the looks of this might not be amazing and breathtaking, but it definitely looks like it's going to work well. And that's sometimes enough. So I, I personally am very excited to see some of this mixed reality stuff start showing up in the well, app lab. And I've been weary of playing around in side quest of the pass through stuff. I don't know. Have either of you gotten into side quest and played around with them? Maybe I'll do I've that later Cubism. today. Cubism the, has the a build. You can play with your background is your room instead of the virtual background. Yeah. I'd love it if this studio could exist in my room. Like that would just be so cool. If I could just have you guys sitting at a table in my. What's an interesting like use for this is imagine we set us, we each set which room in our house we want to be the studio. And each of these walls, either side of us, we have what, what one wall here, one wall behind Stevie and another wall over here. It's actually a portal to our real living room. So I can see into your living room on that wall. You can see into Heaney's living room through this wall. And then my living room behind this wall. And we can just walk into them at any time. Just to make it clear for any viewers that aren't aware, in the short term, developers do not get access to the actual cameras themselves. So none of the Inside SDK involves giving developers that information. 
wouldn't be able to build something where you can see other people's homes for that reason. But in the future, yeah. while it does open huge privacy concerns that need to be addressed, that is an interesting idea. What if developers cool. did get access to the camera view and were able to show it to other people for those sort of use cases? It's an interesting thing to think about for sure. Yeah, as I recall, Bosworth was saying he's like open to any opt-in services for those types, sorts of things. And I think that's what I'm hinting at is this could be an opt-in service that we get sometime down the road a couple of years from now. Because I could see this being used as feng shui VR, where you have a virtual person come in and take a look at the the video from your feed of your screen, and he or she says, okay, over there, you can put this chair here and this chair. An opt-in service, I could totally see that, but as soon as you allow that opt-in, suddenly people are going to have to start reading the the agreements and the terms and conditions before they start an app and are you going to allow this camera to do this and are you going to allow access to this video feed it starts to get a little spooky for some people i think yeah so val darga is asking about microsoft making the switch to open xr before meta did is this a sign it is a full-fledged software standard for vr ar applications yes it is with apple being an open question uh of course being like the elephant in the room but everyone has coalesced around the OpenXR standard. And then some of these next generation features that we are talking about on an ongoing basis here are things that are added on top of the OpenXR standards. The idea is like some of these mixed reality and AR things will happen on top of an app that runs in OpenXR. Yeah, Facebook describes, I think, this inside SDK and some of the other features coming as part of Present Platform, which is its own software kit that goes on top of the OpenXR base layer. I think what we can say here for sure is that Quest 2's black and white low-resolution cameras don't make this particularly compelling yet. Quest 2 is a dev kit for mixed reality on Meta, but we'll probably have to wait till Cambria and headsets beyond to, to make it really compelling with that color pastry. It's just funny to imagine there's there's research teams at Facebook that are like putting there's there has to be someone at Meta who's they've got 20 quests in a room. Everyone's wearing a quest. Everyone knows where everyone every other quest is and they're testing out all these like social paradigms of do we give them pop-ups so that they can share what their held objects are. So if you hold up a coffee cup, I can see you're holding a coffee cup. Is that a pop-up that people will actually like use or is that too creepy? Like they've got to be doing social studies on an ongoing basis. That's what Project Aria is, I think, in a to a certain respect of just seeing how people respond socially to these things on different scales. Just before we talk about Nazare, I just want to put up a video that I saw from Unity Labs where they were given early access to this mixed reality SDK. And the Facebook avatars, actually, the new Oculus avatars. And this is the little demo app they made. It's called Unity Slices, if I, I believe, from Unity Labs. And this shows you the kind of social mixed reality experiences that could be. And you can see that portal idea of the, the merging of the virtual world and the real world. Now, this makes me wonder if Tilt 5 is going to be part of the metaverse. Sorry, Jerry. Don't yell at me for that one. The quest pass-through, he is so careful to mention every time we talk about the quest pass-through, the black and white view is just horrible. It's not worth, I'm not going to spend more than absolutely bare minimum necessary in that view to, to actually use it. But if I have full color and it's, it looks a ton better than it does today, there ends up being like all these surfaces around me 
where I could have interactive, cool objects. There's all the things from Harry Potter, from like the the clock that tells you where your family members are, where you could actually hang that on your wall and know it could go into all your devices and pull their find my details. And you, like that app is conceptually possible. The question is whether the APIs are actually going to ever allow that kind of melding in the metaverse that we keep talking about to the start of the show. And uh, I think that is a good segue into our final piece of news for today, which is there isn't before it. I it's fine. I was just making another dad joke about waves and, and surfing, but we don't know much about Nazare other than the fact that it's the next iteration down the line. And what else do we know about it really? Well, Oh, it's, it's you know, Nazare is their AR glasses prototypes. This is not a headset form factor, but an actual transparent optics from glasses. And we only actually saw a very short clip. I'm trying to find it here to see if I can bring it up, but you can look it up if you need to. It's only about 10 seconds long. And I think the notable thing to say about it was that the objects in it were transparent. They were translucent. You could see through them. Oh, yeah. This is the clip where it says simulated imagery so it's not the actual imagery like it it actually says at the bottom simulated imagery and they make clear in the simulated imagery so if if this was the magic leap demo from a couple years back that was through the lens they're trying to make clear that this is not actually through the lens of whatever this is but in the so in this demo you still see uh trans like these objects these virtual objects aren't perfectly opaque and that is going to be a fundamental difference between the mixed reality we get out of VR-based systems and the transparent optics we'll get out of fully transparent glasses with virtual objects overlaid into them. You're going to have this situation. There's going to be a bit of transparency through your content based on like how bright it is or what the background is. You're still going to see that silhouetted eventually. And I, I, I really wonder how they're going to solve that eventually. Well, I don't think they... I don't think they should solve it. And, and I know that's a little, I've had this conversation with people and it's very controversial, but when you have a transparent overlay over top of a clear lens, which I, I don't want tinted glasses. It's not 1975. I'm not on the cast of that 70s show. I don't want tint over my whole world. And if these are everyday glasses, I want it to be clear. And the trade-off is that any overlay that they put is going to have some level of transparency. I saw it in the HoloLens. I saw it in the Magic Leap. There's there's no way to fix that in current form. And I think with Project Nazare, it's all about, I, I think the way Zuckerberg put it was a North Star, a path to where we want to go, uh, a, a place that's lead, a thing, an object, an ideal an objective that's leading us in a certain direction. And I think overlay on top is just a thing that we're just going to have to deal with. And it's okay because it helps us differentiate between the real world and the virtual world. I think it's important that I personally think that it's important that we have that differentiation. Would I love to have uh, solid state, virtual items in a non-pass-through AR headset? Yes. Do I expect that to occur in five years? No. So I guess we'll just see. We'll wait and see. But my expectations are very low. Yeah, you can definitely see through that. It's useful. It's definitely useful to know what's what is a virtual object by virtue of it being transparent. Like, it's nice to know that there's a difference between what's 
physically touchable and what isn't based on just looking at it. So there is some usefulness there. And it's, of course, how we saw Star Wars depict holograms back into whenever. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm again, we talked about this in our last show. How many times do we have to hear the AR glasses time spans being pushed back year after year? Like going back. So I misunderstood, misheard Zuckerberg when he was talking about the next VR headset. Like, did he say anything specifically that like opaque displays are a path forward? Like when they talk about VR headsets, is that what they mean? All, Heaney, is that how they delineate between AR and VR at this point? Yeah, it, it does seem to be. That's the, the term is always headset when it comes to these optically opaque ones and glasses when it comes to the transparent optics. But I think this kind of transparent limitation, as you both said, there are advantages to it, but obviously it is heavily limiting for plenty of use cases. And it's one of those reasons why glasses aren't going to be in any conceivably soon time frame the replacement to headsets. They're going to be this alternative. And just like when you go home, you put your phone down and you pick up your laptop if you want to do some serious work or you want to do things that require having multiple PDFs and, and files open and, diff- and three videos at once or something. In the future, it, it seems pretty likely to me that you're going to come home and you put your glasses down and pick up your headset when you want to do serious immersive work at home. And so I don't see Project Nazari as a replacement to something like Cambria. I see these as just distinct devices that will exist with their own advantages and disadvantages because you're never going to want to take a headset like Cambria and start walking down the street with it. At least I I hope you wouldn't. But with your glasses, that is something you're going to be able to do. And that's the, the difference. And there's a lot of things like that in life where there are there's no option that is best for all situations. There is just, you have to make the choice of which device is right for which situation. Seven or eight years ago, the headset that I have on my head right now, seven or eight years ago, it felt so far off to have this headset on my head. And I'm okay with waiting a few more years as long as they do it correctly and they give me what it is I'm looking for. But I do believe that this pass-through, and I, I see a few people in the chat have agreed, pass-through is definitely going to be the next thing. That's the next thing. Pass-through AR will be, it'll be a weird competition between pass-through AR and then, I don't know if you want to call it true AR or transparent AR, but it's definitely going to be a fun journey into the next iteration people talk about generations and some could say that this is generation four or five the the quest two is but it's not really it's just the high end before we jump into the next thing and i don't know i'd be curious to see what two or three more iterations will look like before we get anywhere close to nazare nazare i saw people we will i guess we'll leave it for the jamie and Zena discussion on thursday to really get into games but I want I do need to mention the San Andreas Grand Theft Auto news being so significant there. And I'm really curious when you're talking about future generations of hardware, what doors might have been opened between Rockstar and Meta in terms of next generation Grand Theft Auto you know, platform being runnable on future next generation hardware like uh, I've talked about this before, but I know we will never get to PC computing power out of a standalone device. But you, if you go back, when you're talking about San Andreas, you really are starting to move up in time 
more closer to present in terms of the games you can bring into VR. And if we talk about this next generation headsets that's pushing the high end with potentially foveated rendering, we may even be able to move up into more into the present with some of the games that we could play in there. I just I wonder like what it would take how much of an engineering effort it would take to see the latest generation Grand Theft Autos running in a standalone system or even in a standalone plus assisted by a nearby device system. See, I was hoping that we would get through this whole show without mentioning San Andreas. But here we go again. All right. Uh, oh, no, I'm man. <laughs> All Thank right, you. wait. Thank Come you. on. Thank All right, let's give him a skit. That was well done. Come on, everyone in the comments. Okay, good. Well done. Yeah, you make a great point, Ian, because <laughs> if you look at the types of games and and just software in general that run on under my hand here, like I'm holding a phone, I'm not. The things that run on mobile devices, you made the comment that well, we're never going to see PC level stuff on a mobile. We already do. But we're talking about PCs from five, 10 years ago. So we're slowly moving up in what is capable because the silicon gets better. So the software that ran on 10 years ago hardware now runs on today's current mobile devices. So we'll continue to see that evolution. So as the hardware gets better, stronger, faster, the games that it can run, people are running Skyrim on their TI graphing calculators or whatever they are (laughs) the kids are doing nowadays it's a thing and so that'll continue to evolve i think so will there be a new version gta metaverse or red dead redemption being the other one that's kind of like the one people really would want i'd like to maybe take a little bit of a skeptical road here and and push back against that you're saying five to ten years ago you're talking about current generation consoles san andreas came out in 2004 that's 17 years ago we're talking about Resident Evil 4 that came out. That's something that also came out also 2004, wasn't it? Or somewhere around that. These mobile devices are still incredibly underpowered compared to modern consoles and PCs. We're still talking about PlayStation 2 games. So the question we're really asking here is, when are we going to go from the PlayStation 2 era to the PlayStation 3 era? We're not anywhere close to you know the PlayStation 4 or 5 era but yet I can on, play, on a standalone device. I can play Wii games on my phone yeah so, the nintendo, the nintendo Wii of... came out in 2006 and it was the, the most yeah. underpowered device of its generation stop making me feel so damn old stop it <laughs> stop it you're like yes five or ten years ago 2006 oh no the calendar what year is it <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I know what you mean bad. it's like that oh. thing of two th- the year 2000 is always 10 years ago until you realize we're in t- 2021 you're like oh god yeah it, yeah, it, it, yeah it's very hard i think there's plenty of conversation to be had about san andreas and i'm sure that jamie is looking forward to having that conversation yeah so i don't want to steal too much of that thunder but yeah, yeah with heaney making my back hurt oh man i feel so old i do think <laughs> that we should talk about the fitness stuff which is something that i should definitely be getting more into okay final piece of news here meta has purchased supernatural I'm just going to, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to say anything else. I'm just going to say Metabot Supernatural. Ian, fill us in. Yeah, so this was a late Friday right after Connect, and it's an unexpected, like, here's the end of our event. We're getting serious about VR fitness, and we're going to add this to our repository of, like, Oculus Studios uh, companies. And I, I say that term, Oculus Studios, because 
yes, we just spent most of the show talking about the rebrand, but in certain areas that I Uh oh, I think you know what? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that somebody out there pushed the Ian eject button because they didn't want us talking about this. That's all right. So yeah, one of the things that I was going to bring up about this, which I thought was fun, is the uh, the fitness kit that they're coming out with for the Quest Two. It's got hand uh, straps for the controllers, and it's got a uh, sweat. Something you can wipe off a sweatband. I don't know. Anyway, do you think this is made of? Is it going to be silicone? Is it going to be? Oh, Ian's back. Hello. And somebody hit the Ian eject button. Yeah, someone found the button. They didn't he, want he you talking it on about his keyboard. It. Yeah, is six in the chat? No. Okay. Oh man, too soon. I'm sorry. All right. So it's it's a pretty serious thing, and I when I think about whether Facebook is considering fitness and its future. Future products. This is a pretty indi- good indication that, yes, we know that they are noticing that like people are sweating in their headsets, and they're going to build accessories. I think for that use case, but are they going to design the headsets from like the ground up for people who want to work out without being in a public space? Again, this is public versus private. Again, going back to everything we're discussing. I talked to uh, Chesney Mariani. She's one of like supernatural super fans. I had her in the studio sitting where I'm sitting to talk to me to talk about use of this app and what it's meant for her and what it means for the community of people who have formed around this app. There's 20,000 of them in a Facebook group. And I also talked to Leanne Pedante and she's the head coach for everyone who comes into this app to, to work out. And both of these people came into the studio to tell me where they view VR fitness at this day and age. And I asked them each, is VR fitness going to be bigger than going to the gym? And they both gave pretty like interesting answers where Leanne Pedante said something to the effect of, I would have had a very different answer for you in 2019 to that question versus what I would say now. And then Chesney went a little bit further as this super fan who uses this app every single day to work out, saying, look, something effective. There's plenty of people who are failed by the gym experience. They don't want to go to the gym and see themselves in a mirror, or they don't want to be stared at by somebody else. And VR serves those people. And so uh, buying this application gives Facebook a tentpole experience to build around if they want to really make an exercise class device in the future that's that's specifically tuned for this use case. And yeah, yeah, and while I, you were booted out, oh, uh, I was just going to say while you were booted out, I alluded to the fact that during Connect they talked about the the little face uh wipeable face mask and the controller grips and all of that stuff and yeah. that was before they announced the purchase of supernatural so yes it makes sense yeah it goes hand in hand doesn't it yeah Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well that actually does protect against sweat versus some of the other third party and how well those controllers work but i think what's pretty clear is that vr fitness is going to be an enormous market and mixed reality fitness we've already seen over the pandemic uh, fitness technologies like Peloton grow very quickly and that's something that costs Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars for even the most affordable model when people can pick up in the future a, a lightweight, comfortable VR headset for a couple of hundred dollars, once we get to that point, it's hard to imagine this industry not being uh, 
hugely significant compared to to the current issues with gyms that you've pointed out. It completely changed the conversation with my family about all of this technology, like where you have an awkward conversation where it's, yeah, the Oculus Quest 2, it's an amazing device, but Facebook. And that's the conversation you have with your family. Versus now, my mom, like the she's into yoga and, and that sort of thing. And now Meta is the company that owns Supernatural. This is the one thing that's got her actually interested in this device. This is what she wants to try the headset on to, to do. And the comments that I've seen from people who discover Supernatural and 70-year-old people who are going in there to stay fit and exercise and stay active. And it like looks like you've stepped into the future. I wonder how many or how much of this fitness stuff in VR had anything to do with Oprah putting the Quest 2 on her list of crap to buy. I don't know. I don't watch Oprah, but (laughs) whatever it is, it's mainstream or whatever. I wonder how much of the fitness stuff is going because it's a craze right now and it's great it's fantastic i'm glad people are trying to get more fit i wonder if that had anything to do with part of the narrative of oprah saying buy this play games get fit everybody's always uh, the facebook knows what the gender breakdown is in the usage of their headsets and i believe that the gender breakdown of the supernatural app is going to be far more equitable, far more even and mixed than the user base that they're going to get out of classic gaming and that that market that they're leaning into with gamers. This application kind of means they're doubling down on getting people other than gamers into these headsets. Yeah, there, there's got to be more than one reason, not just games. There's got to be fitness. There's got to be work, office stuff. There's got to be social. We have all these categories established already for us. It's just a matter of can the metaverse contain all of these different verticals all in one headset? Uh, time will tell if people are no, willing there's to gonna adopt it. There's going to be different models of headset, but yeah. It's going to be interesting to see them develop, and I think we will see fitness-focused headsets. Let's see, Heaney, see, got, Heaney nailed it. See, I, I don't know. I, it's like it's not like you have a different type of laptop for different use cases. I guess obviously you have more powerful laptops that are marketed for gaming, and maybe we'll see something like that. Maybe we'll see headsets that are designed. But what would be the difference between a headset designed for fitness versus a headset designed for casual gaming? What is the distinction in terms of the actual technology that drives question. that kind of experience? I it mean, seems Nike, like the Quest Nike, line. we're talking Nike running shoes versus just running shoes that you get at Walmart. What's the value in going and spending $150 more for a better balanced shoe for your run? You're talking literally miles of added comfort and i think that's we're going to see a scale here of vr headsets if, if you go from spending 20 minutes in these devices to spending four hours then a five thousand dollar device is worth it to some people who are going to end up adding up on their hand how many hours a year they're going to spend with this thing attached to their face comfort sure. becomes what you spend all that extra money for sure i agree with you there'll be different headsets and comfortable ones will be sold as their own kind of device category. I'm just curious whether 
that would be specifically targeted for fitness or whether the same device that is sold and marketed for its comfort is also going to be the one that you would use for remote work because you need to be comfortable for many hours in it anyway or for gaming because gamers are going to want to be in these immersive games as they get bigger for more and more hours as well. I'm just not sure the, the specific use case will be how it's marketed to different models. I think it'll be marketed that way, the same way Jordans make you be a better basketball player, but yet kids who never play basketball are wearing them to school. I think that's probably what's going to happen, is that it will there will be a market, Ian, but I don't think people will adhere to it for its intended purpose. I think people will wear the sport one, the sport VR headsets for gaming. And mm. I don't know. I don't know. If you look at the Apple Watch, they I, I could see that the analog is that you have the actual band itself that is sold with Nike branding and things. I could definitely see some of those companies selling a facial interface for a headset that's designed for fitness, just as we're seeing next year. Meta launched theirs. I could see something like that in future. But whether the actual you know hardware itself, whether the, why would the lenses or optics or battery or the core specs need to be specifically different for fitness? I'm not quite sure, but that'll be interesting to see because it's one of the most biggest open questions. What will be the different tiers and models and differentiations of these VR headsets? None of us know yet. It could be any of these, it could be any of these ideas. I do want to see a bigger market for third party accessories for VR. I definitely do want to see that. I want to see more options in terms of lenses and straps and face covers and things. There are some out there, but I want to see more. And I want to see mainstream, heavy artillery brands coming out with stuff. I want to see Nike come out with a, a sports strap for the Quest. I want to see that kind of stuff because I think that helps more for mainstream adoption. But that's just me. We'll see how so, this how this yeah. development grows. How Facebook or Meta he, grows its focus. He on must this. not have liked my comment. He 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 noped out of that. Oh, you know what? Maybe that's good. This has been, and I knew. I said ahead of time. The last thing I said in our chat was, uh, "This is going to be a long show." And boy, howdy, it was a very long show. But the nice thing about a long show is that we have more opportunity to spend with you wonderful folks in the chat. Great dynamic conversation as Great usual. questions today. Thank yeah, you. yeah, good questions. I really appreciate it. We, we do this for you and we do this with you. And, and these shows really give us an opportunity to see what the community has to offer in terms of opinions and questions. It's all wonderful stuff. Okay, let's wrap this show up. Ian, do we have any fun, exciting news? October's over, right? So there's no news in yeah, November. Yeah, right. So we've got Black Friday coming up here, which is, of, of course, the holiday shopping season kicking off into full gear. And given the switch to online shopping being so big in the last year, like it's a whole season now that really begins weeks before even the day after Thanksgiving. And so it's just going to be lots of lots of software deals to look around for around those holidays. Good deals that we'll probably see in some stores in some situations, but we're still collating, going through those things, figuring that out. It's going to be a very big season for VR, and we're going to have potentially millions of new people here in the next couple months getting it. Out. Like Ian said, check out the new to VR. When you have that friend that texts you and says, hey, you're that VR person in the family or in the group that we know can answer these questions, just send them to the new to VR up at the top of uploadvr.com. Also, everybody loves to consume YouTube stuff. So go check out our channel. There's plenty of things like subscribe, ring that bell, hit that like, 
share and subscribe and all that other trite stuff. Anyway, yeah, good stuff. Hey, Thursday's a game show. We'll be back here on Monday at uh, noon Pacific or one Pacific. See, whenever because of the time change, whenever Mark Zuckerberg tells us to go live, that's when we go live, right? Oh, you're listening to Mark. No, oh. I'm kidding. That was a bad joke. We would never uh, yeah, we go in. We go whenever the internet allows us. We do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in Seattle here. So I listen to Gabe. Uh, I'm not listening to Mark, you know, because they both text us both constantly. Oh, yeah. Gabe and I are cousins. People don't know that. Gabe Hop into I'm VR and play some, yeah. some mini golf together. We would do that all the time. But see, anytime I talk to Mark, I'm not sure if it's him or if it's his Kodak avatar. Yeah, that was the people, yeah, everyone watching that stream. I know so many people watching that stream are like, mm-hmm. that's a CGI mark. Yeah. That's a digital Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. The light artifacts, they were really unconvincing to me, I'm pretty sure. But maybe he was always an avatar. Maybe he never was. Oh, no, are we, are we back? Did we go full circle? Is, are we there? Is this, How can we have conspiracy are stuff Are we living in a simulation? All right. The simulation is telling me that my time is up. So thank you all very much for watching and or listening. We'll see you in the future. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.